This is the Build Wealth Canada podcast, episode number 63. Welcome to the Build Wealth Canada podcast, where it's all about becoming debt-free, accelerating your wealth, and taking control of your money. Now, here's your host, Cornell Schreiber. Hey there, and welcome to the Build Wealth Canada show. Thanks for joining me today. So I was browsing through my site over at buildwealthcanada.ca looking for what I should update, and I realized that I haven't really provided an update on our early retirement story, and more importantly, the lessons learned from it so far. So my goal for this episode is to share with you what we did wrong and what I think we did right that allowed us to achieve financial independence by the time I was 32. Now, uh, please, please, please don't interpret this episode as some sort of showing off or bragging or ego boost or anything like that. I absolutely hate arrogance and hubris. It's actually one of my biggest pet peeves. So instead, the whole idea behind this episode is really just to give you some actionable insights based on our failures and successes over the years so that you can hopefully learn from our experiences, apply them to your own financial independence, retire early journey, and hopefully cut down the time that it takes you to get there. And that's it. All right. Now, before we get into it, some big news on the savings account side. EQ Bank, which is the bank that I use and have been recommending for years now, has increased their savings account interest rate to 2.45%, which is pretty sweet. It was already more than double compared to what a lot of the other major banks were offering. And now it's even more at 2.45%. So after personally being with them for years, I do find that they continuously update that rate to stay competitive in the marketplace. So I love keeping my emergency fund and spending money in there as it is guaranteed. It's fully insured by the government through the CDIC insurance, which you should always make sure wherever you keep your money that, that has that. And they are still completely free to sign up with. You still get unlimited transactions with them. There's no minimum balances. There's no everyday banking fees. And you get the unlimited free Interact e-transfers, which I also find super convenient. So I've been using and recommending them long before they became a sponsor on the show. And if you'd like to support the show for free, give them a shot by opening up a free account with them by going through the special link over at buildwealthcanada.ca slash EQ. That's just the letter E and the letter Q. So that's buildwealthcanada.ca dot ca slash eq and when you do that as a thank you i'll send you my guide on the top etfs in canada which includes everything that i currently invest in along with explanations why so to do that just make sure that you actually do use a special link which is buildwealthcanada.ca slash eq open a free account and then send me any confirmation email that you get from eq over to bonus at buildwealthcanada.ca That's a bonus at buildwealthcanada.ca and I'll email you the full in-depth guide. So yeah, that's it. (laughs) Thank you so much for supporting the show in that way. It's totally free to you. It's a great savings account. Like I said, I use it a lot. I've been using it for years. Uh, And yeah, this is just a way for me to say thank you as well for signing up and supporting the show uh, for free in that way. All right. And now before we dive in, a quick message from one of the show's sponsors. We do have a new sponsor on the show that I had a really good experience with, and it's a service that lets you check and monitor your credit score for free. So my question to you is, do you actually know your credit score? So we all know that checking your credit score can be a pretty nerve-wracking process as it's an important indicator of your overall credit health. And this is precisely why checking your credit score is so important. So your credit score might actually end up being a deciding factor in whether you'll be approved for a personal loan, a car loan, or a mortgage. And having a good credit score will 
will make it easier to do all those things. Now, knowing your credit score is really the first step to understanding and improving it. And with Borowell, you can actually get your Equifax credit score for free. In under three minutes, you'll actually be able to access your credit score and your full credit report. And it is absolutely free, which is fantastic. So I've personally gone through Borowell to check my credit score and it was so much easier and faster than how I used to check my credit score. So obviously checking your credit score periodically is important, even if you aren't looking for a loan because there's things like identity theft happening all the time and companies getting hacked where your credit card information may get stolen, things like that. And so you really do want to make sure that there's nobody out there that has stolen your information and is now basically wrecking havoc on your credit score, making it really difficult for you to get things like a mortgage or a loan or making it so that the rates that you are getting on these loans are much higher than what you could get if your credit score was a lot better. What I really liked about Borowell was that, well, one, it was all free and two, it was really fast because it's all online. So I just put it in my information and I got my credit score right away and I got the full report and I got to see the breakdown and all of that. And I could very quickly verify to make sure that everything on my credit score is actually accurate and so that there wasn't any sort of identity theft or you know anything like that that taking place. So Borwell is 100% a Canadian company. I definitely suggest you check them out as why wouldn't you want to make sure that nobody is tampering with your financial accounts while at the same time improving your credit score to get better rates. So uh, yeah, definitely check them out. It's over at buildwealthcanada.ca slash score. So just S-C-O-R-E. If you go there, it will basically take you to their page and you'll be able to get your credit score for free. So that's buildwealthcanada.ca slash score. So enjoy. Thank you so much for supporting that show in that way. And now let's get into the episode. All right. So it's been six years since we became mortgage-free at the age of 29. And we've since become one of Canada's youngest retirees while in our early mid-30s. Now, when my wife and I were on our journey toward financial independence, so FI, I always enjoyed listening to others who have already achieved FI. And after all, there's no need to really reinvent the wheel when it came to an early retirement. Others have done it. And I hope that there would be some strategies, tactics, and lessons that I could learn from them to apply to our own financial independence journey. Now that we are about to hit our third year of financial independence, I thought it's a good chance to reciprocate by telling our story and providing some additional actionable lessons learned that you can apply to your own early retirement journey too. So part one, I'm going to call it the early years, which is a strong start. We started off pretty strong when we graduated in 2007. My wife and I both went to university and we worked really hard to actually get some real life work experience through our schooling. And because of this, we were able to get decent jobs relatively easily compared to some of our peers that completely relied on just the degree to get them to get them their job. Now, upon graduation, we moved in together to the Toronto area where we became a dual income household straight out of university. Now, here we have our first, I would say, two set of lessons. Keep in mind that these first two are more applicable to those entering post-secondary education and those moving out on their own. They may not apply to you as you're probably older than this, but think of it as advice for your cousins, uh, siblings, or kids. So lesson one was become a dual income household as early as possible. This doesn't mean that you have to rush to get married. Instead, set up your living situation in such a way where you aren't the only person responsible for your rent or your mortgage. So in our case, we were already dating since year two of university. So it made sense to move in together. And if you don't have a significant other like this, then this could mean living with roommates or purchasing a property 
and then renting out a portion of it so that the tenants cover a large percentage of your monthly property expenses. Then here we get into lesson two, which is get into a co-op program if at all possible. This was a total game changer for me, and it's something that I recommend to every young person that I talk to. Basically, work your tail off to get into the best possible co-op program you can in the field that you're actually interested in. And it makes really makes getting a good high-paying job much easier, and it gives you a very strong start to reaching financial independence at an early age. All right, so back to the story. So upon graduation, we made some sacrifices to live a lifestyle where we were able to save 50% of our household income. So in other words, my wife's salary was used to pay our day-to-day expenses, while my salary was used to get us closer to financial independence by either paying off debt or investing. Now, this was easily one of the top factors that contributed to us becoming mortgage-free in under six years and hitting financial independence in our early 30s. So here we get into lesson number three, which is set an aggressive savings rate. Well, I realize 50% is tough, especially with price increases in real estate in certain areas. It's still critical to set a concrete and aggressive savings rate goal, as opposed to not really managing your cash outflows carefully and just saving whatever arbitrary number is left over at the end of the month. So in our case, every month that we didn't hit our 50% target, we had a family meeting, which was basically just my wife and I, and we had a family meeting where we looked into why we failed. Often it was completely justified. For example, maybe we had a major car repair that month that forced us to dig into our savings, and this was okay. However, by evaluating the savings rate target monthly, it also held us accountable to make sure that we weren't overspending in certain discretionary spending areas. For example, by being excessive in going out to eat or unnecessary shopping. Then we get into lesson four, which is use an automated tool to track and manage your spending. And I stress the word automated here. So there is a famous quote that says, what doesn't get tracked doesn't get managed. And in our case, tracking our spending was essential as only by knowing where your money is going can you make the right educated and rational decisions to hit your early retirement or financial independence number. So I used to think that tracking your spending was something that you really only had to do when you were were just starting off. In other words, before you before your career takes off. But once we hit our fire, so our independence, financial independence, retire early number, though, I learned that no matter how high your investment portfolio gets, this is a skill you need for your entire life. It's not hard to find stories of successful athletes, singers, and other celebrities who earned millions at a young age and yet still ended up in bankruptcy. You can't out-earn bad spending habits and bad financial management. So I figure just accept that this is a lifelong skill that you need to develop and use throughout your life. So in our case, we didn't have millions before hitting our fire number. And once we hit our fire number, we basically both quit our jobs and our investments now became our primary source of income. And when you are a dual income family with a 50% savings rate, it gives you a big cushion if you mess something up as you're both still earning full-time salaries. But when we quit our jobs, however, managing our spending continued to be critical because we no longer had those two full-time salaries to get us out of a bind. Hence, knowing where our money was going turned out to be critical in ensuring that we don't deplete our portfolio prematurely. So I'm always on the prowl for the best automated tools that do this, and automation is key as I don't want to be inputting receipts manually and wasting my time, and I'm sure you also don't want to be spending your weekends inputting receipts and doing things that way. 
So to see the review of the best tool that I've been able to find and what I actually use now, you can go to buildwealthcanada.ca slash spending. That's buildwealthcanada.ca slash spending. And that's going to basically just take you to the review. All right. So continued uh, shortly after getting established in our new careers, the 2008 financial crisis hit. And at this point, I didn't know about how cyclical markets can be and how passive index investors, which I later became, have recovered from every past financial crisis in the history of the stock market. So with this lack of knowledge and abundance of fear coming from the financial crisis at that time, we decided to take that 50% that we were saving and use that to pay off our mortgage quicker. And so now we get into lesson five, which is knowing what I know now, I wouldn't have done it this way. The market was deflated from the financial crisis, and it was actually the opportune time to get started in investing and ride the wave back up. The stock market has historically outperformed the mortgage rate that you're saving by paying off the mortgage quicker. And so therefore, we left a lot of money on the table by paying off the mortgage quicker instead of investing those savings in the market. So I actually calculated years ago and the money that we missed out on was easily in the five figures, definitely a significant sum of money that could have been compounding indefinitely too. All right, back to the story. So after blindly paying off our mortgage for a few years, I started to learn about investing and alternatives to just paying off the mortgage quicker. I became a real estate investor and a landlord with one property, which did well as the real estate market appreciated. It did, however, end up being something that was pretty stressful and labor-intensive, despite having fantastic tenants. So even if you have the perfect tenants, things still go wrong with the physical building and other things. So for example, the furnace breaking down in the middle of the winter and me having to use a vacation day to solve the issue, among many other issues over the years. And so lesson number six has to do with real estate investing. It can be profitable if you know what you're doing and if you buy the right property at the right time. However, it's definitely, I say this from personal experience, it's definitely not passive and it's not a guaranteed path to wealth like some experts who sell courses will have you believe. Okay, so there are a lot of ways that you can mess it up. It's not like the math always works in your favor. And so it is actually pretty hard to find a property that does cash flow positively. So just be skeptical when someone is trying to sell you some sort of get rich quick course on real estate investing because it is easier said than done. Okay, but it is possible. And then, you know, we have made money this way too. Now, after going through the pains of being a landlord, I eventually learned about index investing using ETF. And this was exactly what I was looking for, as it actually was passive, allowing me to pursue whatever I wanted without having to constantly analyze investments and solve issues like I did with the rental property. So the passive component was really, really appealing to me. I also started the Build Wealth Canada podcast to learn about investing from the top experts in Canada. And I started to read everything that I could on the subject as well. Eventually, I felt comfortable to invest and things really started to snowball quickly. We still maintained our savings rate of 50% at least, even when our mortgage was paid off. And so at one point, we owned two properties, so a rental property and our primary residence. Both were appreciating nicely in value, plus the rental was spinning off positive cash flow every month, which we used to help pay the expenses on our primary residence. We were both still dual income. 
Plus, I started a side business which ended up generating enough money to pay for our fun expenses and the majority of our travel as well. So all this, in addition to the occasional raises in our jobs, resulted in a savings rate of over 50%, especially once the mortgage was paid off, as then I just took the money that I would have that would have been going toward the mortgage payments and invested it all in index ETFs. And if you do want to know exactly how we did it, what we invested in, basically the mechanics of it step by step, the whole the whole nine yards. Uh, I've actually recorded videos of how we did it, how we continue to do it, what I invest in now, uh, all of that. And so if you do want to learn about that, you can go to buildwealthcanada.ca slash invest. That's buildwealthcanada.ca slash invest. This isn't some you know get rich quick thing. I'm not trying to sell you something here that is going to make you rich overnight or anything like that. It's just basically how to become a DIY index investor. It's what we've done. It's what's worked well for us. It's what helped us reach your financial independence really, really early in life. And it's something that I love because of its passive nature. So if you do want to be active and work and do other stuff with investing, that's great. There's ways to do that. But I would say you're probably busy and you probably like the passive income component. Uh, I know I do. And it's great because you don't have to go and learn how to read all these financial statements and learn how to stock pick or anything like that, which is not fun for most people, myself included. Definitely, if you want to check it out, Build Wealth Canada ca slash invest so eventually i got tired of the non-passive nature of real estate investing and i fell in love with this passive index investing and at that point i sold the rental at a nice profit we downsized our primary residence and then i took those proceeds and invested it all in the broad market index funds all right and then now this brought us into the next phase which was pulling the early retirement trigger so by the time I was 32 and my wife was 31, we had enough in our investment portfolio to never actually have to work again. So with that, we both quit our 9 to 5 jobs and began the next phase of our lives. My wife became a full-time stay-at-home mom, which she continues to be to this day. And for me, I began experimenting with different lifestyles as a new member of the FIRE movement. FIRE stands for Financial Independence Retire Early. I wasn't sure at that time if I felt ready to move from two full-time salaries to zero salaries. It's quite a big change psychologically, even though all the math basically pointed to that, yes, we are able to fully retire right now. Plus, there was still much that I wanted to do from a personal development and scale-building perspective. I knew that I didn't want to work in some office nine to five, five days a week, but what if I actually found some part-time work that I could do from home, doing something that I love doing and building the skills that I wanted to build? And so I figured this would be a good transition phase and the extra money would really help with the sequence of returns risk that new retirees face. So basically, I figured by doing some part-time work, it'd be a nice transition phase from full employment to salaries coming in to all of a sudden eventually getting into full retirement where we're not working at all. And it was at this time that I was offered my dream job, my dream part-time job, working at 5i Research. It was a way to learn more about investing from an unbiased group of experts, while at the same time doing marketing work for them, which is something that I always wanted to do more of during my full-time job days, but didn't really get a chance to do it as much as I wanted to because I co-ran a small software company where much of my time was spent managing the day-to-day operations of the business. After doing this for some time, we went to the next phase, which was doing an actual full retirement. So 5i continued to be a dream job, but after two years, it got to the point where I became comfortable with doing a full retirement. In other words, not working at all other than publishing a podcast episode once a month. The portfolio kept growing, and despite being semi-retired, 
we weren't really withdrawing from our portfolio as we kept our expenses low and my part-time work was enough to fund our day-to-day spending. Eventually, I had to ask myself what I value more. Should I continue working there part-time even though I could just stop and live fully off the investment portfolio? What was I giving up by still having a part-time job? The answer was that for every minute I spent there, it was a minute that I wasn't spending at home with the family. So why was I giving up this time with the family when I didn't need to? That's a question I kept asking myself. And upon lots of reflection, I decided to fully retire and do a full-blown retirement where other than the monthly podcast episode that I do on the show, I wasn't really doing anything else that would be considered work. Hey guys, just wanted to do a quick intermission to let you know about a new free guide that I created on the top personal finance and investing tools available to Canadians. Now, these are tools and sites that I've personally used to help us achieve financial independence so that we could quit our jobs in our early 30s. And they're also the tools and resources that I use now to optimize and manage our finances and ensure that we're paying the lowest fees while getting solid returns on our investments. And really, just to make sure that we don't have to go back and and get regular jobs anymore. So I'm giving this guide away for free to all Bullet Canada listeners. They've helped me out a lot. I think they're going to help you out a lot as well. So all you have to do is go to Build Wealth Canada ca and enter your email at the top of the page so that I know where to send it. And that's it. And this will also add you to the Build Wealth Canada newsletter where you'll be informed of new free guides as they get released, as well as any giveaways that I have on the show. So as you've, if you're a long-time listener, you know that oftentimes you know, we'll have authors on the show who have written books around investing, personal finance. And so oftentimes I do giveaways of those books. So this is just a way for you to be informed and win some free signed copies for free. And it's also the best way to ask questions that you want answered on future episodes of the show and suggest what future guides you'd like me to build for you and the community as well. So enjoy the guide. I'm here if you have any questions and you can get all that by signing up for free over on the front page at buildwealthcanada.com. All right. So enjoy. And now back to the show. So did it work? Well, moving from semi-retired to fully retired was amazing for the first five months. I had a giant to-do list of things around the house that I was getting done, and it was definitely a really nice time of leisure. Now, I've heard this called the retirement honeymoon phase, where you have an abundance of time and get to do all the things that you didn't have time to do before because you're not working anymore. Now, after five months, though, I started to feel surprisingly unfulfilled. It was a strange feeling. I wasn't learning as much as I used to. I felt unproductive, and it felt wasteful just living a life of leisure all the time. The intellectual stimulation that I like and that I got used to during the working years was just a shadow of its former self. And I started to wonder if maybe the key is not just to relax all the time, but instead to find the right balance between work and play, where the work is something that you're actually really passionate about and have full control over. So I started to look at financial independence as having a huge runaway to figure out what you actually wanted to do with your life. Now, as I think of it, maybe the true reward of financial independence isn't a life of leisure, but the time to figure out what makes you feel alive, what you enjoy, and ultimately the luxury of being able to try different things to find out what makes you happy and fulfilled. So in my case, I decided to continue to focus on improving financial literacy in Canada through my podcast. And around six months after starting this full retirement, I was actually presented with an opportunity to take over the Canadian Financial Summit, which, and it's an opportunity that I did take. 
And if you're curious what that is, if you don't know already, you can check it out by going to CanadianFinancialSummit.com. It's Canada's largest online personal finance conference where I basically get to interview even more of the top experts in Canada to help further improve financial literacy and learn the latest best practices and tactics for optimizing investments and reduces taxes that we all pay. So I figure it's something that I can apply to my own finances while also making it available for free to Canadians so that others can benefit from it too. Now, for some strange reason, perhaps because I'm a giant money nerd, I actually found all this to be fun. I found it to be fulfilling and intellectually stimulating, and it actually has a significant societal benefit by helping make money less of a problem for many of the Canadians across the country. So I guess I'm back to being semi-retired again. <laughs> so I went from uh, you know, the full-time employment to becoming semi-retired, to being fully retired, and now being semi-retired. But this time, working for myself on the projects that I actually choose. So we'll see where this journey goes. But in the meantime, here are some final lessons that I learned from this experience so far. So number one was that the goal is not to stop working. And initially, I thought that that was the goal, but it's not. So if you feel that it is, then it's likely because you are in a job that you don't like. Is there a way that you can change your job or career to something that you actually do enjoy? You might not get it right on the first try. It may take you a few tries, you know, trying different industries, different types of job, but finding what you love is a journey worth pursuing. And it makes the road to financial independence much less of a grind. Two, if you are planning on being an early retiree, don't assume that you'll never generate any income from work once you hit your FIRE number. Out of all the people that I've talked to and read about in the FIRE movement who have actually pulled it off, I can think of only one that actually stayed retired after that initial early retirement honeymoon phase. Everybody else used financial independence as a way to figure out what they actually love to do with their time. They then did that thing and eventually found some way to monetize things that they were doing for free anyway for fun. So in my case, it was interviewing experts on finances, investments, and early retirement. For some reason, I'm just wired in a way where I really, really enjoy it. (laughs) Uh, Some early retirees love to write, and so they do a blog or a book to help others while also earning some extra side income. So the question I have for you is what hobbies do you love that you would actually do for free? Maybe, for example, you love, you love carpentry and then you can sell some of your work once your garage is too full to fit anymore. Maybe you love teaching and maybe there's a specific sport that you like. What if you were an instructor part-time teaching others to do that sport too? Now, when preparing to retire, I remember spending countless hours running financial models, different simulations, different what-if scenarios to make sure that I would be okay if we generated zero dollars in income from jobs or side projects. It was a huge stressor to try to figure all that out and it was on top of my mind constantly. In reality though, if I just accepted, and knowing what I know now, if I just accepted that I would still generate some income, we could have retired from the nine to five jobs that we didn't like much, much earlier and I'm sure you could do the same. So after interviewing others in the FIRE movement, I learned that this is actually a common mistake. Before pulling the retirement trigger, almost everybody sets themselves up financially so that they never have to work again. Fast forward a bit and you find that they are still all working in some capacity after pulling the traditional retirement trigger. The big difference though is that it's something that they would probably be doing for free anyway and it's something that gives them joy, fulfillment and happiness. So I hope you found this helpful and thanks for joining me on this journey. 
Let me know what you think or if you want something clarified or journey or lessons learned or anything like that. I hope this helps you on your own journey and that by sharing our experience, it helps you avoid some of the mistakes that we encountered in our journey. All right, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Don't forget to get your credit score checked for free over at buildwealthcanada.ca slash score. So just S-C-O-R-E. Your credit score can be the difference between getting approved for a loan and getting the lowest possible rate. And even if you aren't planning on taking out any loans, you really should check your credit score periodically just to make sure that nobody has gained unauthorized access to any of your financial accounts and is now working havoc on your credit score. So you can get a full report for free by going to buildwealthcanada.ca slash score and that will take you directly to Borrowell where you can enter the information and get all of that for free. All right, so I hope you enjoy that. I found it really helpful and a lot easier to do than all the other methods I've tried in the past when it comes to checking my credit score. Also, don't forget to get your free guide on the top ETFs in Canada if you haven't got it already where I go into detail on what I invest in and why. And to get that, just sign up for a free savings account with the bank that I use, which is EQ Bank, where they have one of the highest interest rates that I've been able to find in Canada, sometimes even more than double what the other banks are offering, especially the major banks from what I've seen. Plus, you get free unlimited Interact e-transfers, which is super convenient for sending money and unlimited transactions with no fees. So to get the guide, just sign up for EQ Savings Plus account using the link Build Wealth Canada dot ca slash eq that's buildwealthcanada.ca slash the letter e and the letter q then send me any confirmation email that you get from them over to bonus at buildwealthcanada.ca and i'll email you the full guide all right so thanks again for supporting the show in that way and for tuning in and have a great week Thanks for listening to the Build Wealth Canada podcast at www.buildwealthcanada.ca. 